Oh, hi, audience. What's up? It's Greg Stero here to introduce you to the True Blue Riffcast, where they talk about amazing movies, bad movies, and everything in between. So you're listening to the True Blue Riffcast. Enjoy it. Thanks, Greg. This is the True Blue Riffcast, the number one riff tracks fan. Perfect way to start the podcast. Thank you, Greg. It's me, Dave, a.k.a. Sugar Ray Dodge, and you're listening to the True Blue Riffcast, the number one podcast of riff tracks in the world. And I'm joined, as always, by... Hi, I'm Jeremy. I'm the guy who usually does the intros, but this time I tripped over my own tongue because I can't get what sound out of my head, Dave. Run around. Wow, 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 wow. Oh my gosh, yes, was that, that Bigfoot? That classic Is... Bigfoot call. Run around, run around, run If you haven't Dude, been pe- paying attention to Rift Tracks, not, yeah. People who have not seen Suburban Sasquatch have no idea what's going on right now. They're like, what is wrong with my podcast machine? And they're like touching like the screens of their computer. Or if they're listening to this in their cars, they're like touching like the face of like their um of their radio or their cassette players or however old however old it is, all you old people who listen to riff tracks and MST three K, because we're yeah, all those way people old who- now. Who copy the podcast onto cassette and listen? Yeah, to they it copy the podcast onto cassette so that they, they can have a a compatible media in their old cars. I don't think there have been cassette players in cars since like two thousand one. Ah, we're already wildly off the rails. <laughs> How how's it been in the uh, the last five days since we recorded, Dave? Oh, we just did one of these, didn't we? <laughs> Yeah, we did. We uh we got a little postponed last week because of work scheduling and all that fun stuff. Uh but we're back on track this week and yeah, we've got a lot to talk about, guys. Uh in case you didn't know with the uh, wonderful call of the Bigfoot there, we're going to be talking about the latest release from Rift Tracks, Suburban Sasquatch, and we are also going to be talking about the winner of our last patron poll. Manos, the hands of fate, Rift Tracks Live version, specifically. From 2012. You want to know what else we're going to be talking about? Are you ready? What? Yeah. You're going to have to edit that out because I just um, opened a Coke (laughs) on my... Yeah. Yeah, you did. And you're slurping it, and I really appreciate that. That is correct. Right Right there in your ear and everyone else's ear. Uh, I'm way too slap happy for it being it is 914 p.m. There's no reason for me to be this slap happy already. But hey, I think you're just excited about the content of this podcast. I am, dude. Suburban Sasquatch. Uh, We'll get to that one in just a minute. The endorphins are released into my brain just thinking about those (laughs) those areolas. Oh, man. 
Uh, first, let's take a look at uh, the winner of our last patron poll, as I mentioned, Rift Tracks Live, Manos, The Hands of Fate, uh, that went up against Cool as Ice last week. And uh, it actually was a tie in the vote. And since it's our poll, you know, I, we just did Manos because that's what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I was but, about to say there was a tie. <laughs> uh, so for those of you who somehow have never seen Manos, The Hands of Fate. OK, uh, look, first of all, I really... don't think I don't think that's possible. Anybody listening to this podcast who doesn't know what Manos, The Hands of Fate is. I'm sorry. I don't think that's possible. I don't think that person exists. There's a chance. Maybe it's somebody who's uh, newly converted into Rift Tracks and didn't grow up with Mystery Science Theater. There, yeah. Well, well what converted chance. them? Feeders? <laughs> Flight 285? Uh, Attack of the Super Monsters? Uh, oh, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, Manos, The Hands of Fate. Uh, the movie itself was originally released back in 1966. That is a long time ago, sir. Yes, directed by Harold Warren, who uh, basically made the movie um, kind of on a bet. <laughs> That's the lore, yes. He was bragging that, oh, anybody can make a movie, and someone told him, well, go ahead and do it. And so here we are. He was a fertilizer salesman. Probably after. Yeah. <laughs> because... This movie ain't great. Also, okay, but do you want to know what what the part of the part of the bet was? This is part of the lore. Is that um, what's his name, Harold Warren? Yeah, went out and be like, it wasn't just that the bet that he could make a horror movie. He could make a horror movie based on like what equipment that he had or like within a certain budget. And he either he either came across acquired or he went out and he bought. The uh, the actual camera that Abraham Zapruder used to film the JFK assassination and uh, shot Manos the Hands of Fate with it and then went back and put it in the Smithsonian. That's a joke. What I'm saying is that the uh, <laughs> what I'm saying is that the, that the cinematography and the camera that they used in this movie is just downright terrible. Is well, what I'm the saying. camera like there was it could not record audio. It was. Oh, that's right. It was video only, and it was like hand wound, and it shot a very short you know, amount of film at a time, um, and so they had to go in, and that's why some of the characters sound so weird. Like that's why Debbie sounds like a middle a middle aged woman because she had to be dubbed over because the camera didn't record sound. And by Debbie, of course, you mean our friend Jackie. She's a very very lovely woman. Uh, she's both of our friends, and uh, she played Debbie in Man of Sands of Fate, the uh, the child. Yes. I just thought that I would say that we know her. I have another story about her that I've told on the podcast previously, so I won't bring that up again. Yeah, and they, they did, just, just as a side note, they did just uh, release a sequel for Manos called Manos Returns, mm -hmm. available now on uh, Amazon Prime Video. I think you can rent it for like two dollars. Yeah, it's it's like a dollar ninety nine rental, or if you have Prime, you can just watch it without paying anything extra. Mm -hmm. Um, so go check that one out. Uh, just a little plug there. But, uh, yeah, this this movie is famously panned 
uh, for being terrible. People like threw their shoes at the uh, at the screening. It's very much like I think like the uh, lore around the screening is very much akin to the lore on the very first screening of the room or the first screening of the Apple. Um, where it's it's kind of a combination of 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 the of both of them. Where, um, by the end, like in the room, everyone was like uproariously laughing. Um, and by the end of the apple, uh, people were throwing things at the screen, and they're like little chunks of whatever it is that they're throwing were actually embedded in the screen when they first screened the apple. Here, it was a little bit of both. Um. In fact, I think I read somewhere that they actually, like, Jackie, as a young child, cried. Yeah, she heard her voice, her dubbed over voice for the first time. Yeah. And people started laughing at the movie. And then when you're when you're a little kid, you know, when you're like, oh, I'm in this movie, this is going to be great. And then yeah. to see that kind of a reaction, you know, it's it's going to be upsetting to you. Yeah, you can't you can't process that. Yeah, no. Anyway, so what happens in the movie? I guess we should get a, get a little bit of that going on. Uh, a family uh, is taking their first ever vacation, and mm-hmm. they're looking for Valley Lodge. And yeah. they get lost and end up uh, with Torgo. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this, um, uh, this very clearly, like, out in the, like... It, it 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 looks like something that these people like this cult or whatever it is full of like ladies where they worship manos it looks like uh like an abandoned squatter cabin you know it's <laughs> it's yeah, i can't imagine anybody's paying rent uh in in this place and when they get out they're like hey torgo uh we're going to and they actually tell torgo torgo is the um the servant of the master Half this, man, uh, half goat. Yeah, this enigmatic, this enigmatic figure they call the master. Half man, half goat. Sorry. Yeah, that's what Torgo was supposed to be. Yeah, it's like the master would not approve. Ah, right. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. That he has like these weird knee braces on underneath his pants. And famously, he had them on backwards, uh-huh. and it caused him a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. And uh, it caused him to start using some drugs or use drugs more, and that led him to unpleasant end. Yeah, he is that man is that man is no longer with us. He wasn't with us for very much longer after the shooting of Manos, the Hands of Fate. No, I think he passed uh, before the premiere of the movie. That's terrible. Yeah. Uh, this this. I'm I'm just going to say it. This movie and we've we've said this before with other things like especially the room. This movie isn't as bad as everyone makes it out to be. In my opinion, it's it, it's bad. It's, it's pretty bad. Good. There is a good movie hiding in there. If anybody involved had any level of competence, it would have been a better movie. I can't say a great, good movie, great movie, anything like that. But I think the concept was there. It was just everything else was lacking. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, well, I'll give it this. As long as, like, I'll take what you're going and I'll 
put what I'm about to say onto that. Just a second. I'll just take it a little bit further. The story, and there is one, believe it or not. The story is very much like Dracula, or at least that very first part of Dracula where you have um, Jonathan Harker trapped with Count Dracula there in the castle, right? Yeah. And uh, I hate to say it. But actually, I don't hate to say it because I've (laughs) said it many times. I don't think that – dude, the 1931 Dracula is a pile. It's not good. So (laughs) I I think that maybe, maybe if – like because Plan 9 from Outer Space had Bela Lugosi in it. If if Bela Lugosi had been in Manos, the Hands of Fate (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> you know in fact that's a good comparison let, let me ask you this which do you think okay out of the two famous one was on mystery science theater the, the other was not plan nine from outer space and men from, from the, the hands of fate both are heralded as the worst movie ever made which is a, out of the two which is actually the worst movie ever made uh, between the two of them between the two of them, uh. between the two of them, which is worse, Plan Nine from Outer Space, which I don't even think we've talked about on True Blue Riftcast, and we should, um, but uh, we'll save that for another time. Plan Nine from Outer Space or Man of the Hands of Fate? If you had to pick one, which is actually worse? Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna say, Manos is worse, but I like it more. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree with that. That's actually a completely <laughs> fair assessment that I'm going to – that I can't counter and give some kind of other opinion on because it's it's quite correct and I find myself sharing that sentiment. So yes, I would say I agree with Jeremy that Manos is worse, but I like it better. And I like Plan 9 too, but yeah. – eh. I, I think as a movie, without the riffs, I, I – enjoy manos a little bit more now this they have released a couple different versions of this movie rift obviously there was the uh original riff of it with uh joel back on mst3k yeah which was everybody's first exposure to this movie and then rift tracks did it live and then they did a separate studio version the live show version, which is the same jokes, it's the same jokes as the live version. Yeah, and the live show version, you know, we get the little the little extras at the beginning, the shorts, mm-hmm. and of course, there's you know the crowd reaction, which always adds to it. But this one brought us Norman. Norman, yes, that was uh, our first exposure to Norman Krasner. Norman, uh, welcome back, Norman. Yeah, <sighs> we got. Uh, Welcome back, Norman. The the wonderful, wonderful short about the uh, sad sack of a man coming home uh, from a business trip and uh, the series of unfortunate events that befall him. And yes. I know we've talked about that before. Um, uh, and uh, we've actually talked about all of the Norman shorts before uh, last season on our podcast. Yes, so we have seasons now. Yes. Yes, we have seasons because we've been doing this for a long time. We've been doing um, this for like what a year now? Holy shoot. Yeah, yeah, almost exactly a year. Um but we also get the uh the prune juice short on this one. Do we? Is it this one that's the prune juice? I think 
No, I think you're right. I haven't watched it in a long time. <laughs> Edit that part out, yeah. Well, that's the thing. See, normally, normally, well, no, I'm going to leave that in because oh, but... <laughs> normally when we are preparing for the podcast, we have to rewatch the riffs that we're going to talk about. Manos, the Hands of Fate is so ingrained in my head from the number of times that I've watched it. I really didn't have to watch it again uh, before recording this episode. Yeah, me neither. Um, Like the movie itself, it's just like I've seen it probably like 11 billion times. But also, I for some reason, I couldn't remember if the prune juice short was at the beginning of the live show. But that's a little bit different. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome back from the edit, everybody. So, Jeremy. Yes, sir. Would you would you say um, at the time or even now, uh, Manos, the Hands of Fate live show for everything it brought us? Would you say and this was back when Rift Tracks Live only did like two shows a year? I mean, well, now they're only doing two, sh- two, not two shorts, but two shows a year because <laughs> um, last because at that time. I think uh, the year before there had only been one live show and it was uh, Jack the Giant Killer. And then the next year it was Manos the Hands of Fate and then Birdemic in October. But I remember going into Manos the Hands of Fate, just like super excited to get this new take on Manos and that Rift Tracks was actually doing Manos. And like, oh my gosh, because it, like, it really had not been done before with Rift Tracks doing a riff that had been done previously on mystery science theater 3000 it was kind of like it was kind of like an unspoken thing where they just didn't do anything that they did on mst3k because at the time it was 2012 they are still mostly doing uh big blockbusters you know um so when it came out that'd be like oh we're gonna be doing manos it was like a big buzz it's like oh my gosh this is like it was like you could like feel the energy and the excitement of them doing Manos, the Hands of Fate live. And when he got into the theater and you could still feel that, that palpable uh, energy is like, Oh, this is going to be so much fun. And then it was so much fun. Oh, it was amazing. Would you, yeah. Would you say that Manos, the Hands of Fate, this is two parts up to that point was the best riff tracks live they had done. And the second part is, have they been able to do a live show since then because I think that was the six live shows that they that that they've done, and since that time they have done twenty four more. <laughs> In those twenty four other shows that they've done since June or July or whenever it was of twenty twelve, have they been able to top Manos? I don't think. I mean, I think I think some of the the content uh, has been has been at least as entertaining. But I don't think really, maybe with the exception of the uh, the reunion show, uh, I don't oh, that's think, right. I don't think they've really captured that same anticipation level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was pretty high for me for uh, for Miami Connection and Samurai Cop and Space Mutiny and stuff like that. But I I think I was the most excited for Manos. I can only think of one experience that kind of topped Manos for me, and obviously that was yeah. Mothra going yeah. there to see it live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you'll, you'll, you'll get there someday, Jeremy. Um, but <laughs> but um, no, in all seriousness, really that's kind of like the only thing that can really, in my mind, that could like really 
top Manos. I mean, um, Starship Troopers was one that was super fun to uh, build up to because that was like the first big blockbuster that they did, but still Birdemic, eh, kind of. But Manos, you know, you think back, it's like, it seems like it was just the other day that they did that. And now it's like eight years since they did. Yeah, eight years ago was... Was Manos the Hands of Fate? Lot Rift Tracks Live, Manos the Hands of Fate. Time flies. One other thing to mention about this uh, before we move on. Um, actually, two. There was one other short with this one. It was uh, At Your Fingertips Cylinders. Um, oh, that's right. Because they made the, the kid made the robot and then out of like toilet paper tubes and. Oh, that. Okay. Into a kite and like flew it away. But. <laughs> The DVD release for this live show includes a special bonus feature, 30 minutes of outtakes from the original Manos movie that had never been seen anywhere before. Oh, I didn't know that. I got that as a, for a Christmas present for my sister. If I had known that, I would have kept it for myself. And it's got the outtakes have commentary by Mike, Kevin and Bill. Oh, well, see, now I have to go rob her house. <laughs> or just order another copy of the DVD. It's true. Is it still available? Yeah. Yeah, it's still available. But yeah, that's that alone makes it worth buying it on disc. Because that's they never showed that anywhere. I you know, that was the only way to see it. I don't know if they have that on uh like the Blu-ray of Manos that they released. Um the you know non rift version. I'm sure it's got bunch of special features on it but this uh yeah being able to watch outtakes for this movie and getting commentary by mike kevin and bill that's that's well worth the uh, 13 dollars i might have to get that now i'm excited (laughs) it's so exciting i can't contain myself now we can talk uh, about one of the greatest releases from Rift Tracks since The Visitor. Oh, yeah. it's def- I, I think it's probably the best. I mean, Attack of the Super Monsters was awesome. So was Lovely But Deadly. Yeah. What are some other uh, uh, releases? I know you liked Feeders 2 a lot. <laughs> that I did. That I did. And, and this movie is kind of similar to Feeders and Feeders 2 in a way. Uh, and the fact that it's total crap and it's shot on yeah, it this gar- yeah, garbage shot on video, like low contrast, no microphone, completely incompetent. Polonia Brothers, but not really. Yeah. And still somehow better than Birdemic. Yeah. Well, well, we'll get I, to I, that. I shouldn't say somehow. But uh, yeah, we we're talking, of course, about the newest release. Suburban Sasquatch, the video from 2004. Anyway, uh, that's the bit. By Dave Wescovich. I think it's uh, Dave Wescovich is how you say that. I I don't know. I think it's Wescovich. Dave Wescovich, because from... I actually went onto the I went onto the internet and I um watched some behind the scenes stuff, and the guy pronounces his name Dave Wescovich. 
I was just going by how, what they said in the uh, riff. Oh, okay. Well, I'm j- I'm just I'm just saying. Honestly, Dave, not you, Dave, but the director and writer of this movie, Dave. <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> okay, so uh, Jeremy. <laughs> Walk us through this as best you can. Oh, my God. Okay. Walk us through the plot. I mean, we're not even going to get into the special effects <laughs> or the costume or anything like that. I or I want you to explain to me, walk me through the plot of Suburban Sasquatch. Ready, go. So there's a Bigfoot, and he can teleport, and... Mm-hmm. He makes a very uh, annoying uh, war cry or whatever you want to call it. That's not part of the plot. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> We're just talking about plot, Jeremy. Part of the plot. Uh, he's he's killing a bunch of people in um, a suburban development, and there's a couple <laughs> uh, police officers who are totally useless, and uh, there's a, a Native American warrior. <laughs> Who is trying to hunt this Bigfoot with some gem-tipped arrows. Um, And there's a reporter trying to do his job. And uh, (laughs) the police won't... Well, one police officer calls him to the scenes of all these murders. And the other police officer makes him leave. Uh, And uh, he finally meets the... Native American warrior after his grandma tells him to go out to the scene of one of the murders and wait for a sign from God. Uh, and they, they successfully eventually, uh, explode the Bigfoot. <sighs> the end, or is there like some drawn out kind of garbage denouement where <laughs> the warrior and the reporter, uh, walk off into the sunset hand in hand uh, so she can go hunt more creatures. Uh-huh. And what's he going to do? Is he going to report on it? or He's going to help her because, shocking twist, he's the one who actually blew up the Bigfoot. Oh, is it? Because why is that? Like, like why is he like the chosen one? What's the deal? Because uh, he seems like kind know. of like he's a big freaking loser. What they what they say he was the guy that the word doofus was invented for? Yep, that's true. And and that is one hundred percent true. Like, oh my gosh, this movie! You can't even buy shirts that fit him. <laughs> okay, let's talk about that. Let's start with uh, one of the elephants in the room. We'll get to the other gigantic elephant in the room here in just a second. But let's start with the one that is you know a little less hilarious. Uh, is the fact that the reporter guy who um, is going around trying to get a Pulitzer Prize, <laughs> that's how that's how the man says it. He says, like, I need to go out. Oh, you're my best chance of getting a Pulitzer. Yeah. And you're um, talking about the editor who is very clearly working from a classroom of a school. Uh, yes. And I say this because in one of the scenes that he's in, you can see all of the children outside for recess. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it's there. It's like they 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 shot it during somebody's work hours. Yeah. Um. So the guy and um, 
he's wearing this shirt and he never changes the shirt. Like nobody like um were to assume that uh the plot of this movie is stretched out over several days, correct? I think so. It's kind of hard to tell because there's a lot of inconsistencies in whether or not a scene takes place during the day or at night. Well, I mean, there are definitely definitely some scenes take place at night because you can see that they blew the screen to do day for night. Okay, so it's definitely time passes. (laughs) But um, this guy wears the same kind of like um, brown ringer (laughs) tee shirt that is like five or six times too big. Okay, look, I've worn shirts that kind of like are are that kind of like drown me, you know, but they're still somewhat proportionate to like, I don't go out there. I'm a skinny guy, kind of. But I'm just saying that like, I don't go out and, you know, buy fat people clothes. (laughs) Which is what this guy does. Not only is this shirt because, and I say this because it's just so extremely distracting throughout the entire movie, is that the collar go like the collar, the ringer part of his ringer tee, yeah, stretches all the way out to his shoulder blades. I'm not even <laughs> no, kidding. No, he's not. You know what's you know what's more distracting in the movie with him, the two times that he has his shirt off. <sighs> yes. And that's not even as disturbing as the Bigfoot <laughs> with his shirt off. Like, uh, yeah, he is a very oddly shaped human being. Yeah. Uh, as long as we're talking about that, we might as well get to the other gigantic elephant in the room. Is that Bigfoot has a gigantic pair of disgusting boobs. I mean, there really is no, I mean, like the costume, they look like gigantic, really like if you took a stripper and like did like a paper mache cast of her fake boobs and like put an abdomen or something like like right underneath them and like stuck it in an oven and pulled it out and glued it onto a bunch of matted fur in a gorilla. That is what the yeah, that yeah. That is what the costume of the of the Bigfoot of the Bigfoot looks like. And the nipples on this thing are so distractingly huge. Big nipples, big life. And they're kind of like they're not even like what real nipples kind of uh, 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 look like. They're concave. They're like they're like inverted. They're like saucers from, a you know, like a cup and yeah. saucer. And they're just like glued in. Not yeah. glued on, glued and in. A, and, and, and again... We're talking about this so much. We're going into a crazy amount of detail about this is because it's so prevalent. I don't even know if that's the right word. Uh, Dictionary.com. Help me out. Prevalent. Is that the kind of word that I want to use? Doesn't matter. (laughs) It's so right there in your face that every time Bigfoot is on screen, the only thing that is distracting you from uh, Bigfoot's boobs is the sound that Bigfoot is making. (laughs) And it's like this for an hour and 17 minutes or whatever the runtime is. Uh, And um, Jeremy, I've talked about Big Shirt Guy and I've talked about uh, Bigfoot's boobs and Bigfoot's noise. 
will you please talk about the manner in which Bigfoot kills people? Well, he he has a, a few different methods that he that he follows. Um, right. He likes to uh, smack people in the face and send them flying uh, with the right. hilarious sound effect. In fact, all of the sound <laughs> effects in this movie are hilarious because they are terrible. They're like Looney Tunes stocks. It's kind of like Looney Tunes sound effects that are trying to sound real. Yeah, there's there's a campfire that they put some sound effects over that don't match the campfire. Uh, yeah, they, they, they could have just put a microphone next to an actual fire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bigfoot also likes to tear people's arms off. Uh, and then he eats them, which is interesting. Um, oh, he, not 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 only eats. Well, he drinks the blood out of. And a, he throws the hands at other people and makes them go flying also. Flying into, like, bodies of water <laughs> that may or may not be, like, sewage runoff. <laughs> uh, there's one guy that he, he rips his guts out of his stomach and then shoves him in his mouth like the guy that he doesn't shove him into his own mouth he shoves yeah. him back into the guy's mouth no no he doesn't no he doesn't eat yeah but i hear eat this we don't know why that happens um like why like like why like why bigfoot makes a guy eat his own guts yeah it makes no sense we don't actually know why he's attacking people either like it seemed like they were kind of going into a uh Overdeveloping is bad environmentalist kind of thing, but it just kind of falls out and nothing happens with it. Um, Like they're talking like, Oh, I don't know why he's doing this. It's like his time is almost up or, or he's, he's looking for something more. Uh, Okay. But what? It's kind of like they tried to have themes, but then it just, they they don't follow up on it. It just kind of like falls off a cliff. Uh, Every time the Native American warrior shoots uh, her bow and arrow at Bigfoot, um, the arrows are CG. Uh, Yeah. The blood that comes out of Bigfoot is CG. Uh, There's like a redneck hunting party. And it's always that same kind of like, it's always that same. Let's talk about the CG for uh, for just a second since you brought it up. When, um, When Pocahontas or whatever, I don't know if I should use that term. But when um, welcome Native back from American the warrior, like, <laughs> yes, it was innocent enough until I realized maybe that's not the best term to use. <laughs> um, she shoots her CGI arrows into Bigfoot's boobs, and it's always that same weird kind of like blood splurt animation <laughs> that comes out of Bigfoot, whether he gets shot in the boobs or whether he gets shot in the arm or whatever. It's always like that. That high velocity, bleh, like you know, like digitized blood that comes out of him. It's that. It's, it's just that same animation over and over and over. Most again. of the time, it's but actually Bigfoot never red seems too. To, yeah, but Bigfoot never really. It doesn't ever really seem to hurt Bigfoot. No. So, but uh, oh, let's talk about the rest of the CGI <laughs> that is in this movie because that is that. That is interesting as well. Okay, so they have CGI tomahawks. Yep. Where she takes them out and she throws them and she throws them. There's a CGI log where they break and (laughs) 
do that. There's 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 that. There's a CGI there's... door that Bigfoot breaks through while the other door yeah. is open <laughs> right next to it. Well, it's, it's it's right there. It's it's really hilarious. Sometimes, and then there's a um... sometimes part of Bigfoot is CGI over top of the regular costume. Uh, they one of the members of the redneck hunting party throws a tiny net over Bigfoot's head. And while he's laying on the ground. <laughs> oh, and it's still like like waving yeah, around. It's the the it's net like, is yeah, CG it's... while he's on the ground. When he's standing up, it's not CG. It's an actual little net. Uh, There's a movie. There's a movie out there that I hate. It's called The Amazing Bulk. Oh, God. <laughs> and I dare say when when I saw that net... In suburban Sasquatch, I was like, "Oh my God, that is worse than the than than the CGI in the Amazing no. Bulk. That net right there. No. I have found the CGI that is worse than the Amazing Bulk. What are you're you're saying? No, which means you're disagreeing with no, me. No, I'm I'm not disagreeing with you, but I had pushed that movie out of my brain, and <laughs> you're you're forcing it back in there, Dave, and I don't appreciate it. But the, I'm, oh. I'm also incredulous that you say that it's worse than anything that was in the Amazing Bulk. At least the things that are the the Amazing Bulk, bulk with the exception of the Amazing Bulk is, himself, was is stuff that it was that was like part of like a pre-made program, yeah. right? That was made by animators and stuff. He just uses it extremely poorly. <laughs> and that's putting it lightly. that net, that net. I mean, I'm going to harp on this net because it's like the worst CGI thing I've ever seen. There is no way that that's part of some library that's included in in uh, in any CGI animation software because no designer is going to go like, here, use use this. It's part of your license. Like that's no. (laughs) <laughs> they could have go out and buy like a real like and that's just like the one the weirdest thing to make a CGI is a net like <laughs> you couldn't go to to true value or or Lowe's or someplace and like yes I would like a net big enough to capture a big foot and everyone would go right this way please right and we'll get you your net here you go there are nets you you don't need to make a CGI net ah. Uh... No, that and it was. It but was, they had a real physical net on him. I, I, it was bad. It was very bad. But there was some CG in here that, while still terrible, uh, is better than other similar CG in a different retract oh, movie. Before we get to that, because that's the piece de resist, de, de resistance in all this. There's one other effect I want to talk about before we get to what you're talking about. And it's kind of like um there's a scene where Bigfoot is harassing one of our police guy friends, right? And he's rocking it back and forth. And he goes and he picks the car up. And it's like a JPEG, it's like a totally <laughs> different kind of CGI. It's a JPEG of the of the police car. Picks it up, and you can tell, like, the animation is just like, it's like four frames of animation. Like, but then he throws it, and then they use the software to make the JPEG turn. When They could have just left it flat. <laughs> they made it turn. <laughs> 
like so that it would be cool and he throws the car and it's just like why like okay you know what it you know what it reminds me of supersonic man and the bulldozer that he picks up that's <laughs> well okay well that wasn't that but that wasn't a special effect no that was that was that was bulldozer. supersonic man lifting that was supersonic man that was a real bulldozer they made out of um out of wet lumber and supersonic man lifts it up above his head and the bug just like goes around him and then they make a bill and it's like the steamroller <laughs> it wasn't a steamroller why would a steamroller be doing out in the middle of like <laughs> new hampshire new york but anyway uh, we've talked about supersonic man uh on this podcast before go back and find whatever the hell <laughs> uh episode that was yeah. cuz i don't know it's probably like a year ago um but anyway so that's like the other one bit of cgi that kind of, and of course they have like the standard cgi where um he like crushes people's heads <laughs> and it's just it's that same blood splurt <laughs> yeah it's that same blood splurt oh anyway um but getting back to you before I root, because I really like I talk about this guy so much and I hate him. <laughs> and if you know why, you know why. And if you don't, we're not going to explain why. Just Google it. But yeah. go ahead. Uh, so you may remember another Rift Tracks movie that used really terrible CGI birds. Uh, yeah, I think it's called Birdemic Shock and Terror. Birdemic Shock and Terror, yes, by James Wen, my favorite man in the whole world. Yes, the one thing that Suburban Sasquatch has over that movie, effects wise, is its birds. Is its bir- its titular bird? Not its titular birds, but it would be titular in terms of Birdemic. Yes. Um, where James Wen uses clip art birds. You can kind of tell that I, I think that all the effects in uh, Suburban Sasquatch were built for were built for Suburban Sasquatch. They do seem to be. None of it's clip art, and the birds are more realistic in in this. I mean, and this is the second time. Like, like how many times have we seen birdemics in movies where like birds attack? I know we. I know it was like we saw birdemics in the vis- the visitor yep. there was a birdemic in that yep right towards the end it just seems to me that whenever there's like a bird attack in a rift tracks movie it's always better than birdemic <laughs> and birdemic's whole deal was the bird attacks to be fair half of the movie was about uh solar panel deals and getting it on with victoria's secret models and global warming and you know <laughs> bleh. yeah and horse and horse pee and pumpkins um and hanging out with your family having ourselves apart but then we get to the titular bird bird attacks and then it's just like nothing but like terrible cgi birds <sighs> but every time we see a bird attack i mean dave wiscavage was able to do birds better than james wen so there you go, so, Dave. you know, James, screw you, buddy. <laughs> Dave, at least you have that over James. Yeah, because it's totally useful. It, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can put that that's on your a real vi- it's, a, it's a real victory for me, isn't it? <laughs> Seriously, guys. Uh, Suburban Sasquatch. 
Uh, yeah, dude, it's uh, it's a... this are so good. And okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil the ending because you know I don't care. It's it's a riff tracks thing. It's not like this is high art or you know a Marvel movie or something that people get upset about spoilers for. <laughs> um, so at the end, uh, Schlubby Native American warrior was a Palpatine. <laughs> uh, Schlubby reporter Rick. Uh, picks up the Native American warrior's bow and arrow off the floor of his grandma's house, where Bigfoot is. Uh, he says a quick prayer to guide the arrow true, and he hawkeyes the arrow right into Bigfoot's heart. And then Bigfoot starts um, shooting out electricity, and then it explodes. Like, what? Okay. Like how <laughs> I don't He might he had to the been. chosen I one. Mean, she did carve him the turtle of protection. Was he a palpatine? I think Bigfoot was the way he was shooting out lightning. I don't know. <laughs> and then of course, uh we got one of our favorite happenings in any Rift Tracks release. Uh Oh, is 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 whenever we have a great post credits deal. I don't think we've really had a really, really, really yeah, good one the, since the, a talking the one, cat. Rift Tracks House after a talking cat was the last really big one. There there the were Rift a Tracks few House. things uh, here and there that we got little short things in VODs and whatnot. But this is the first one since uh, a talking cat that that I can recall anyway that went through the entire list of credits and uh the the lady who plays uh the grandma uh, is actually uh Loretta Wescavage and Wescavage <laughs> she is uh singing this song um i don't know what the title of it was <laughs> it does not matter i don't it think does it not matters matter at all um, because the, the song is about as good as the movie, which means it's awesome. As soon as, as soon as the movie ends and the credits start, uh, Kevin, uh, started saying something to Mike and Bill, uh, but they were already gone. They had already, had already departed the film at that point. Yeah. They were just like, they didn't even, they just, they just noped yeah. out. Yeah. And, uh, the music started up and Kevin started to become entranced. And uh, he picked up a shaker and started shaking it along. And <laughs> and uh, then he got his triangle out and started playing along with the song. And uh, after that song ended, uh, he kind of woke up and, uh, from his little blackout where he was entranced. And it's just it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Kevin, we love you. And anytime you do anything with music, it, it is beautiful. Yes. Keep doing that, my friend. We love and this was no, this was we, no. We, we love you. Suburban Sasquatch is 100% uh, a must buy. Like, seriously, guys, if you didn't buy it, you need to. You absolutely need to watch it. I would dare say this is the best riff track since A Talking Cat. So the best riff tracks in two years. It very well could be. It's, it's, it's definitely surpassed The Visitor from last year. And we loved the visitor for me. Yeah. 
And uh, this this is easily to this point the best release of twenty. Oh, absolutely. Easily. I mean, look, love, love, lovely but deadly. Um, but man, this just yeah, this is just this is just a. De- I say, I dare say that this is the kind of movie that Rift Tracks needs to be doing all the time. Like on a regular basis, it's just like yes, weirdo stuff that was shot after the year two thousand. Uh, independent, like not even B movie direct to DVD kind of thing. Just go out and find the weirdest, worst independent movies that you can. Stuff that's like suburban <laughs> Sasquatch, and it's out there, man. Find yeah. that stuff. Uh, it's like like. Project D classified. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds great. It's it's amazingly terrible. That's the one with with uh, Samurai Grandpa in it. I don't know who that. But Samurai Grandpa. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's somebody's grandpa, and he's a samurai. <laughs> it's just somebody's grandpa. Uh, okay, the audio cut. Like I was just completely silent, but like if there was like visuals of my face, you could just see me just being like just like so incredulous right now like what the hell are you talking about but anyway it doesn't matter uh, no <laughs> suburban sasquatch 9.99 at rifttracks.com get that mess i know a lot of people are familiar with it because of red letter media you can get watch the whole movie with the rift tracks riff at rifttracks.com get it you will not be disappointed and now i'm kind of worried dave because um connor when this movie was released on friday tweeted out that this is, you know, the weirdest movie that they've done ever at Rift Tracks, but their next release is actually worse. I'm not worried. I'm excited. That, like, you know, so, yeah, no, hey, bring it on. Bring it on, and we'll talk about it. Oh, yes, we will definitely talk about it. Speaking of things that we will talk about, uh... Normally, at this point, we would mention the uh, Patreon and talk about the uh, patron poll that we put up and what's going to be on it. However, at this point, uh, we are uh, looking at having another special guest join us in our next episode. Mm -hmm. And so if that happens, we will not be putting up the patron poll. And we will be delaying that a week. Yes. So I'm not going to, we're not going to talk about what's going to be on there yet because it doesn't, it doesn't matter because we're not going to be putting it up. But if you do uh, enjoy the podcast and would like to support us, you can head to patreon.com slash true blue riffcast and you can find all the little goodies that we put up there for you. Until then, I'm Jeremy. You can find me at pbandawesome.com. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at pbandawesome. And you can send me emails, Jeremy at TrueBlueRiffCast.com. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter at TBRiffCast. And I'm Dave. You can check me out on the web at SugarAdodge.com. You can send me emails at Dave at TrueBlueRiffCast.com. And we will see you guys next time right here on the True Blue Riffcast. Run around, run around, run around, run around, run around.